we're back. The first Tri Podcast of the new year. Actually, that's a lie. This is going to be the second one of the new year because I slacked off in getting the uh, the previous one completed. So last week's will be the first of the new year. But this is our second of the new year. We're recording it for the first time in the new year. I'm here with my guests, Luke Morrow and Ryan Bailey. Hey, happy new year. Happy New Year. You're going to have to play Auld Lang Syne underneath us. I'm you keep I, I'm, suggesting things to play underneath. <laughs> I'm speaking in a depressing tone because our album name is very depressing. Great. This is going to be a wonderful <laughs> podcast. Anyway, today we're going to review Luke's pick of uh, the Avett Brothers' newest album called True Sadness. Um, we're also going to talk about everything that we watched over the holidays and anything that we did over the holidays. We'll, uh, have a, might be a little longer, um, what we've been listening to, what we've been watching segment this week, since it's been a couple weeks since we convened last, but, uh, yeah, so we'll take it away and, uh, I'm going to pass it over to Ryan Bailey to talk about how his holidays were and, uh, things that he watched or listened to. And, uh, let's hear what we got. Two weeks in a row. That's right. First. You're the strong lead off hitter. Yeah, yeah, hitting singles. Um, so in terms of what I've been watching, I watched a boatload of The Office um, during my week off. Um, and, and what I really, I kind of skipped around. I, I actually watched the pilot, and I kind of went from there, skipping through you know the early seasons. And what I really noticed, and I know we've talked about this, was the transformation of Kevin Malone <laughs> and how in, in the first two seasons he's, a lot different than he turns out to be, you know, in you know the later seasons. He's like a lot more monotoned and he seems to be smarter in the beginning and always has like those dry kind of one-liners and what have you. And then I feel like in season three, they just make him, it's like the start of him becoming dumb and like each season he becomes dumber and dumber until the point where it's the lovable Kevin. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it. He gets, it happens in a lot of shows too. He gets progressively dumber yeah. to like the point where it's like, He's like, you almost don't think he has like a basic education <laughs> yeah. past like fifth grade. Yeah, and it yeah. got really then, bad once um, Steve Carell left. Yeah, tried to pick up the slack. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, watched a bunch of The Office. Um, obviously, it's one of our, collectively, it's one of our favorite shows. I actually saw this movie uh, called, it's a Netflix original called Beasts of No Nation. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard about that. Features Idris Elba, um, very prominent actor. Um, and it, it's basically set in, I'm not sure what country, I don't think they ever tell you, but it's an African country. It's a war-torn African country. Um, and basically, Idris Elba is the commandant of like um, a child soldier, like uh, um, whatever you want to call it, like uh, garrison or battalion, whatever you want to call it, a company. Um, and it's about this kid also named Agu, who, whose family gets killed and he becomes um, part of the... Um, child soldier company and it's 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 pretty interesting just to understand like how he starts off as an innocent child and becomes you know a soldier and has, has to make some tough decisions at a very young age in terms of how he wants to how he, what to do to survive and it was, it was very good uh, Idris Elba was great in it and I know there was some kind of um when that movie came out there's a little he got a little bit of an Oscar buzz uh, but I know because I know that that is part of um, like the Academy, that's included in the voting, right? Netflix stuff? I believe so. Yeah. So he was, uh, he obviously wasn't nominated, but I think he was, there was some buzzer on that. So I, I recommend it if you're into, into that subject matter. Didn't I've people want him things. to be uh, James Bond? 
Yeah, he, there was rumors he'd be the next Bond, but I think Daniel Craig signed on. Even it, even though Daniel Craig said he'd rather slit his throat than become <laughs> than be James Bond again, uh, they offered him like a very handsome uh, uh, check. No to, pun intended. To for do the Bond. next one. Yeah, yeah, he's a very handsome guy. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the big movies I watched. Um, in terms of music, I haven't really watched anything new. Oh. One more thing about movie. I saw oh, Rogue not One. Not watching much music lately, huh? Yeah, watching no music. Yeah, uh, MTV. Uh, they don't play any music videos these days. Yeah. I uh, I saw Rogue One though. Saw it twice. Um, the new Star Wars movie. Ah. Um, this guy. I don't think. Luke and you talk like... about having money problems. You're spending your money on seeing a movie twice in theaters. Oh, I saw it with my younger brother, and then a couple of days later with my older brother. Um, how I know movies, you guys aren't very. How many big movies Star Wars have you fans. seen in theaters multiple times? both of you not many uh rogue one is probably the first i don't think i've ever seen a movie twice in theaters i think i saw dark knight twice and i saw maybe like star wars attack of the clones twice randomly uh but rogue one uh i know you guys aren't very big star wars fans but i thought it was great um it was a little different than you know your standard star wars movie um i thought it was very good how they did it um, one interesting, this isn't really a spoiler, but one interesting part of um, the making of this movie is they basically superimpose like characters from the original New Hope. So basically, I don't know if you know anything about New Hope, but there's a one character. Um, his name is uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. He's he's very prominent mm-hmm. in the um, in the original Star Wars. And what they did was they basically like using CGI recreated him as a character and like he had a very prominent role in Rogue One and there's a lot of interesting backlash to that because people thought and obviously they had approval from like he's obviously passed away that's why they had to use CGI to recreate him but there was I guess they had approval from his estate um, the actor's estate Um, I forgot the name of the actor Um, I used to know it but so basically people were saying that it was like disrespectful to the dead that they had to you know oh I heard about this but I think in my opinion, I think he was vital to the movie. I mean, they needed to have that character in it um, because it would have they would have it would have been harder for them to explain why he wasn't in it than to repurpose him. I feel like. Um, so I thought I thought it was in the opposite of disrespectful. I thought it was kind of honoring him and just basically, you know, they couldn't they didn't want to cast anyone else to play this guy because he was you know such a great um, such a great role in uh, A New Hope. They didn't want to change it. Um, so I thought it was interesting how they, they did that. And they also kind of uh, had a few more characters, a little f- more minor roles, but they did the same thing and used CGI to get them in this movie, which I thought was interesting because you don't really see that um, yeah. very often. Um, I don't think it's something you'll see in a lot of movies because it's only if like, and th- this is a very special case, but I thought that was interesting and kind of like a nod to the future and how, you know, y- you may see it again, but I don't know if it'll be done very often uh, in the future, but that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, because that brings up to light, like, any actor that dies or whatever, right. will they be able, like, you, you could essentially, if that's the case, use any of them in, in roles, which is, at that point, like, what I don't know how I feel about that. You don't have to get yeah, permission one, one, from, like, the family or something? No, well, you do. They, they His estate. Oh, yeah, so, estate, right, um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, which brings me to another point. I know, uh, unfortunately, the great Carrie Fisher passed away. Um, yeah couple days ago um with her mom right afterwards i know it's horrible um but anyway continue all right i was though i was thinking um about how i I think she had finished filming the eighth episode of the new star wars 
But I was thinking they're, they'll either have to rewrite the script for the ninth, depending on like, you know, the fate of her character. They'll either have to rewrite the script um, to write her out of it, um, or maybe they'll do the same, which is, you know. Yeah, that's maybe. interesting. Well, she, yeah, so the episode eight. eight Wait, she was in a movie that's coming out? This is embarrassing. That's not out um, yet? But episode eight. So I guess she had fin- finished filming, but episode nine, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be a trilogy uh, for the new Star Wars trilogy. Um, so I was just, you know, either they'll rewrite or they'll write her out of it or they'll do the same they yeah, did for I this mean, movie. That's a good that's a good point. I don't yeah. know. I wonder if they will write. I don't know. It'd be hard to write someone out of it. Was it uh, Heath Ledger who died during a movie? Yeah, Dark Knight. He died during Dark Knight and they finished Didn't they it. Finish yeah, it, though? it was like post-production. Yeah. He actually, so I think he finished most of it. The, the movie he actually died in the middle of filming was The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Probably not, no. judging by the crickets I heard. But no. Um, <laughs> what they did, though, to, to um, uh, I guess, finish the movie is they casted um, Colin Farrell. Um, uh, who, uh, Colin Farrell and two other very prominent actors that I can't think of right now, basically to cover the rest of the role. Um, so it was kind of, it was weird. I, they kind of factored that into this, to the story as well. Um, but it was interesting how they kind of all stepped in to, you know, finish this movie, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's um, always weird when stuff like that happens. Like in, uh, I think it was according to Jim, and uh, then Jim Belushi died, and then they wrote it into the show where the character died too and went on with the show. And that's kind of strange. Yeah, didn't that happen to uh, John Ritter as well? Oh, wait, was it John Ritter? For what? It might have been, yeah. Um, what was that? Uh, yeah, about... it was him, right? He was the actor. Yeah, whatever show it was. Yeah, uh, according show. to Jim, right? Is that? Oh, no, no. No, my, no, no, uh, no. It was no. the father. Um, was it Eight Simple so, Rules? Was it? Yeah, that was it. That was the show I was thinking of uh, that, right. that uh, I was talking about. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of like morbid, though. Like, he dies. Oh, yeah. The, the actor dies in real life, and then they just kill off his character and like, continue on. Yeah, they did the same thing in Scrubs. Who? With uh, John John Ritter. Oh, yeah, wasn't he uh, his father? Yeah, he was JD's dad. I mean, it was a little easier because he was a small role in Scrubs. Right. So, like, it's, it's a lot easier to kill off a small role. Um, But, yeah, yeah, it was the same thing when he passed away. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to continue on with the show if, if the network wants to, but I don't know. It's just a little odd. Yeah. Yeah, always a tough situation. Definitely. Uh. What else? I, I, I watched Captain America Civil War last night. As you can see, I'm wearing a Captain America shirt right now. I can see. He um, is. <laughs> I do see that. That's a nice shirt. Yeah. Did you notice that when I walked in, Luke? Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah, I'm not sure how big a fan you guys are of the Marvel movies. They're entertaining. Um, just, you know, It was on Netflix, so I watched it. Um, it was all right. Um, outside of that, um, music-wise, I, I really haven't been listening to anything new. Just been kind of keeping to my like you know daily mix on spotify and uh, i actually got a, an amazon tap it's kind of like an alexa but you can't speak to it you have to actually tap the button which is kind of annoying uh, but it actually connects directly to your spotify account so you don't need to click connect via bluetooth or anything which now is that's pretty nice cool. yeah so that's pretty cool so i've been playing around with that um are you, you afraid that it's like listening to you at all times well yeah, there's always that i mean i mean i feel like a less it's less creepy with a tap because you have to physically press it but the That's Alexa, what they want like, you to think. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. still listening to you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's keeping yeah. track of everything I've said in my apartment for the past week. Yeah. 
So um, cut out those dirty habits. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been listening to, you know, older stuff. Just really don't have any recommendations right now. Just been watching, as I said, a lot of Netflix yeah. in the office recently. Uh, All right. But yeah, that's that's it for me. What about you, Luke? What do you got? Um, so music-wise, been listening to a little uh, some retreads, if you will, Counting Crows lately. Uh, In excess, very nice. Which is a great oh, band. Oh, Pretty Vegas. Yeah, that's a good song. In excess is interesting. That's oh yeah, In excess. I think well, their, um, their singer died, right? Yeah, and then they hosted a stupid reality show to find the replacement years later. Oh yeah, this you was, said that. Yeah, this was when we were in high school. I think we were like freshmen. Yeah, I remember. Soccer. I remember the show. I didn't yeah, watch it, like but I remember it being ago, on TV. It was called. Uh, I forget what it's called. Anyways. And they found a singer who happened to sound exactly like the original singer. And then they did one really? album. And then the new singer caused all sorts of problems. They had to take eh, him out of the band. You think you think he sounded like the original? I thought the original sounded better. What was his name? I don't, know, I don't remember his name. Michael Hutchinson, I think is how he pronounced his last name. They were Australian. It was um, called Rockstar in Excess. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Creative. Yeah. They're yeah. definitely similar. I don't have him listen to much of the with the new singer. Um, uh, well, I think they only did the one album. Right? They did the one. Oh, okay. Switch. Pretty, I know Pretty Vegas is. Pretty Vegas is the is the new guy, and he's good. Yeah, it was a really yeah, good. He's album. good. Uh, but I, I don't think they've done any new guy. music since. I think they still tour with some replacement. But uh, I don't know if they've come out with a new album since, which is a really, which is a shame because they're really good back in the day. Then the original lead singer committed oh, yeah. suicide, and uh, I think because they didn't come out with any new music outside of that one potential album. That they've kind of been forgotten, but they're they're a really good band, and from what I hear, very popular back in their heyday in the '80s. But uh, I think they've become kind of underrated uh, nowadays. So I've been listening to them a little bit lately. They came out on the shuffle on on my iPod, and I realized uh, how much I missed them or how good they were. So I, I got back into them a little bit, and then the Jayhawks, which I listen I listen to them quite a bit. But mm-hmm. uh, I was running through uh, some of their live stuff today while I was at work. They're always good to listen to. Um, nice. Minneapolis band and really good live performers. Um, That's right. Anything out of Minneapolis is what he likes. <laughs> they do Anything. have great music up there, which I don't know if people realize that a lot of. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking from your many trips there? No, not even. You don't have to go there to appreciate the music, with uh, Prince, of course, being the most obvious. Of course, example. of course. But uh, yeah, a lot of great music up there, which is surprising because I wouldn't think of that as being like the music hotbed. But uh, and it's not necessarily a hotbed, but but they have they've produced a lot of good bands over the years, uh, like Soul Asylum, another great '90s band. Anyways, oh, that's right, Runaway Train. <laughs> great Runaway song. Train that was a great by, album. Uh, they had one album. Elton John and um, Eric Clapton. No, uh, they're not from Minnesota. What? No. Uh, well, there's a song named called "Runaway Train" that was featured in the end credits of Die Hard, uh, not Die Hard, uh, Lethal Weapon Three. Um, great song by Elton John featuring um, Eric Clapton. Is Check Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, I, I, I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Speaking of which, I forgot to ask you guys during the Christmas spirit: Are you into the Rankin and Bass movies at all? The what? Who? Rankin and Bass. Like the claymation movies from the seventies. Uh, I don't creepy. think so. Yeah, I used to be Wait. scared of the heat and the um, snow miser as a kid. I never really liked those movies. <laughs> oh, I those movies. Yeah. What, what was yeah. the name of the the prospector guy? Yukon Cornelius. I have no idea. I don't know. 
It's from that uh, that phone commercial where the guy's correcting everyone. I'm not Whatever. sure. Continue. Continue. Yeah. I was just curious. Uh, otherwise, other things that I listened to, um, Dead Man Winter is a new band, also actually from Minneapolis, but uh, it's the former lead singer from Trampled by Turtles. They just came out with their first album. And the single Destroyer I like a lot, Dead Man Winter, pretty good band to check out. And then uh, when I always listen to my Motown this time of year, a particular Motown song that I've really been into and been playing over and over lately is Harry Hippie by the great and uh, late Bobby Womack. That's a great mm. song, Harry Hippie, for those who like uh, soul and uh, Motown from the 70s. Okay. Fantastic song. Uh, in go. terms of, of watching, uh, it has been a while, so uh, of course been watching quite a bit, but there's two things specifically that I wanted to mention. Uh, one, it was a movie that I never heard of, but while I was home for the holidays, my family, whenever we're all home, we like to watch a movie together, and we found this, I think it was an independent film called The The Hollers. It's spelled H-O-L-L-A-R-S. Oh, I think I've heard and, of that. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Me either. It was in the theaters this summer, select theaters, and I think a very limited run. But my Scary brother, movie? No, it's uh, like a dramedy, um, which is always good to watch for the family because like, my mom's really picky about movies, but uh, she likes those types of movies. But my, so my brother found the preview online, and we were really interested, but we couldn't find it anywhere. It wasn't on demand. It wasn't on Netflix, nothing. We found it on uh, Vudu. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I know Vudu. Yeah, so we created an that? account just to watch this movie, yada, yada, yada. Anyways... It ended up being pretty good. It had a great cast. John Krasinski is the main character. Oh. And Charlie Day is like a jerk nurse in it. And it's about John Krasinski's um, mom in the movie uh, who has a brain tumor and she's in the hospital. And then uh, what's the girl from, uh, what's that singing movie? Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the main? Oh, Anna um, Kendrick, right? Anna yeah, Kendrick. Kendrick. She's the best. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's um, engaged to Krasinski in the the movie, and Richard Jenkins is the father from um, Step Brothers, the dad and Step Brothers. Oh yeah, got a great cast. Uh, and, and so it was really odd that we never heard of this movie. It was like wasn't in any theaters. But the main reason why I wanted to bring it up is because the soundtrack was awesome. It had Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Ooh. Uh, what else? It's, I say it's awesome, and then I can only name one guy. <laughs> but it, it had a great soundtrack. I watched this a couple weeks ago, so I can't think of the other bands. But the guy who did the music for it is actually, uh, what's his name? Josh, Josh Radden? Radden? How do you say that? Joshua Radden. Oh, yeah. Joshua yeah. Radden. He did the music. He did the soundtrack. And so a lot Ooh. of it is his music, and I don't know him well enough. I know you're a fan, Ryan. I don't yeah, know he does well a ton enough. of music for Scrubs. Yeah, I don't know if it's like uh, original songs just for the movie or if he just picked a bunch of his songs, but it's a lot of his music in there. Um, but it was really good. Great soundtrack. And it was a pretty good movie, too, especially if you're into like the, the whole dramedy thing. Uh, great cast. So that was one thing. And then the other one I wanted to mention, which I had talked to you guys about a while ago, is uh, the documentary Spring Broke. It came out like six months ago, and I always Sounds wanted to watch it. awful. It was pretty interesting, but I found it interesting because it's about the history of spring break in Daytona beach. So that's why I, uh, really oh, liked yeah. it. And it's, it was all about the rise of, um, MTV played a big part in the, the rise and fall of spring break in this area, which is making a bit of a, a comeback now in the last couple of years. But it was interesting to see it just from the, for music fans, just from the MTV side of things, uh, some interesting stories like REM, you know, they had a lot of concerts on the beach for spring break and everything. And, and R.E.M., they got to play, I think it was in 1983. They opened mm -hmm. up for Modern English before anyone heard of R.E.M. And they said <laughs> uh, they just had to pay them 
a case of beer and a free hotel room, and REM came and played <laughs> in Daytona. That was the show. The other one was the Red Hot Chili Peppers played in 1990, and this was actually one of the part, the, like the start of the downfall. Uh, they performed in 1990, and things were getting a little dicey with MTV, uh, a little risque for Daytona's liking. So they forced the Red Hot Chili Peppers to to lip sync the performance so that they could guarantee, you know, like nothing would be said, nothing uh, bad would be said, or, or hopefully nothing bad would be done because, of course, they were infamous at the time for coming on stage with nothing but a sock on. Um, and so the Red Hot Chili Peppers were really upset about that. So, like, within the, uh, halfway through the first song, they just started uh, Chad Smith kicked over the drums while the song kept playing to show that, you know, it was, it was all fake. And they started, like, smashing their guitars and everything and threw down the microphone while That's the song awesome. kept playing just to, like, revolt. But then things got a little out of hand, and Flea and Chad Smith went into the crowd, and they, uh, they ended up getting arrested for sexual assault because they, like, pulled the girl's bathing suit bottom down and, like, slapped a Red Hot Chili Peppers tattoo on her on the backside. And, uh, Good for them. Yeah, but then I guess they got a little too... Uh, Still a little too physical after that. She didn't like it. Press charges. And that was a big reason why MTV and Daytona Beach and Spring Break uh, stopped working so well together. Went away. Yeah. That was a big part of it. But it was it was an interesting documentary for those either of that era or who I know my father in the 70s came down to Daytona and uh, I think Palm West Palm Beach or something for Spring Break. So a lot of people, you know, uh, lived through that. So for uh, people that that uh that time and who came up with mtv it was, it was a pretty interesting documentary and it was only like an hour 15 minutes so it went by quick it was a showtime documentary and then just a couple of quick or just one thing i want to mention search party which i had plugged previously on here which i really enjoyed saw they got a season two uh not too happy about that i'll still watch it that the show of maybe yeah and the way it ended and the way it was written it was perfect for a one season thing and it's something that we always talk about off the air about how they they try to get the most and too much out of shows, and that's another example to me where season two is not necessary, and now I fear they're going to kind of uh, ruin it. But I am looking forward to see what they have because I really did enjoy season one, and since I discussed it, I just wanted to mention that I saw it's, it's uh, it got renewed for a second season. Interesting. I mean, I'll have to check that show out. I do like Maybe. Yeah, she was good. So, uh, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Did you guys see Mariah Carey? Yeah, I heard about that. I don't really understand what they, happened. They said she was she said she was sabotaged or something. Yeah, that's a bunch of nonsense though. What exactly happened? I saw it like it was on mute at the place I was at, but Yeah, I didn't see it live uh because I wasn't around the TV. Um but uh I watched the videos online at least most of it afterwards and it was just a whole cluster. I mean, I didn't yeah, I didn't see any of it. I watched the videos afterwards as well. And I didn't really understand what happened though. Yeah, it looks what, like what happened? It almost looked like so I have a couple of things. So it looked like something went wrong with the audio techs or whatever. And she just like stopped singing. But then you could also tell that some of it was lip synced yeah. because there were like high notes yeah. that were playing in the background. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think she can still hit those? I no. Like I don't know. It seems like probably not. No, she was also, somebody leaked. She had a performance, a Christmas performance in 2014. And I guess somebody on the, uh, the engineering side and the audio tech side leaked just her vocals from the performance and it was like hideous really yeah uh -oh. that was two years ago i guess she when she performs live 
you know, she needs a lot of help in terms of uh, backing tracks and such to allow her to at least appear like she can still hit the high notes and can still sing. Apparently her voice is shot. Well, she never should have let Nick Cannon go. Yeah. So, but yeah, with the New Year's thing, yeah, she got caught lip syncing at one point. It was really awkward because like she tried to talk into the mic and say like, Happy New Year. But the song, you could still hear her singing. The song kept going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that well, was like a miscommunication because I don't know why she was trying to say something into the mic at a point in which she should have known there was going to be lyrics. Uh, Do you guys remember the whole SNL thing with uh, Ashley Simpson? Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like that, how like that whole thing with the lip syncing. Yeah, and supposedly right, yeah. The, the word had always been that Lauren Michaels is like incredibly strict about uh, SNL and he wouldn't allow any sort of... Um, assistance for the performers like that but i don't know what really happened uh yeah i don't know what happened either but yeah and then so then yeah with mariah carey and then the whole thing it seems like the uh choreography was off and then i couldn't tell if she thought her mic was off or not like she's just directing the guys at a certain point which was really awkward she yeah. you know like oh just take me down the stairs and like come around me with the with the flowers or whatever the, the heck it was that they had and like giving instructions that everybody could hear and then uh, apparently her monitor wasn't working and she just gave up and didn't try to sing that last well, song. Well, then, yeah, could you hear her say something about, like, getting something in the monitor at one point? Yeah. Uh, it, it just it's apparently all sorts of things. But also, um, as Ryan, you may have heard on a, on a different show, she apparently asked what time the ball dropped. And Yes, I did hear that as well. And also uh, was was late to um, the sound check, which is which – is, she become she's become notorious for that. She has had issues in the past uh, where she doesn't show up to the sound check, and then she has what is she doing issues during concerts. So that's become like a notorious thing, apparently. Maybe that's her new thing. Yeah, she's going for it. So, she's running with it. So yeah, she apparently is a mess, and that was pretty embarrassing on New Year's Eve. And now she's blaming everyone else, and then the whole uh, Dick Clark side is upset with her. So it's a whole thing. Looks like she'll never be back for New Year's. I wouldn't think. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, she's got so much money, and none of this will ever... It doesn't matter. That's what sucks. <laughs> Not like it sucks, but, like, if we did anything like that, we're fired, and then there goes our income, and we don't get any more money forever. Yeah, that's true. But then her, she gets fired. Like, she messes this up, and she blames everyone else and all this stuff, but it was her fault. But nope, she's still got tons of money, and it doesn't matter. It won't make a difference. Yeah, she doesn't seem like a very good person. And she's going on tour now, so I'm curious to see if it has any sort of effect on the tour. Well, who knows? Maybe people won't show up. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. All right. Well, what have I been listening to? I have not been really listening to much over the break. Usually I listen to music when I'm at work or commuting to work. And being that I was off for a week, I didn't do either of those, which was great. Um, so not too much music for me. I've been watching a lot of stuff, I guess. Um, finally finished Scrubs again. Maggie and I binged watched we started and finished a show in three days uh, called Rectify on it's on Netflix well three seasons are on Netflix and the fourth season just finished it's from it's a Sundance TV original and um, it's about a guy who goes to jail at the age of 17 for um, for rape and murder of a 16 year old Hmm. And he spends 20 years on death row. And after 20 years, he comes, he gets 
new evidence, new DNA evidence comes up and he gets his trial or his sentence gets like exhumed or whatever the right word is. So he gets let out. Exonerated? Exonerated, yeah. But so he gets let out, but it's not like that's not the end of it. So he's just out, but they have to reopen the investigation so he could possibly still go back in. So the whole series is like him dealing with adjusting to the real world after spending 20 years, basically his entire life that it, like he spent more than half of his life in um solitary confinement and not solitary but like he was in a single cell by himself on death row and um it's kind of like how he deals with coming out and coping with the change of being back in society and everything and being back in the small town where everything happened everybody knows everybody um and it's also has the aspect of them still trying to figure out what exactly happened 20 years ago to the girl and whether he did it or not it's i really liked it it's a really good show highly recommend it it's on netflix called rectify um i think it's well done well acted so if anyone's interested in something like that i thought it was pretty well done it's a little slow burn it's kind of like bloodline luke like where it's a slow burn Uh but it built it builds to some good stuff usually yeah it sounds interesting Um, yeah uh what else did i i don't know if i saw oh i saw oh god i saw passengers um with jennifer lawrence and chris pratt and i was very disappointed really and i love jennifer lawrence and chris pratt um this movie was marketed entirely differently than what it actually was it wasn't so like i don't know like it was marketed as to me i thought it was going to be like this whole like like this whole space thing like had an idea of what it was but like the whole movie was basically like this this love story Mm in space but like it was i don't know i didn't personally personally didn't like it maggie liked it i didn't like it that much it was just there wasn't much action in it yeah it was weird um it's not i don't know i don't want to give anything away yeah how would you say it compare have you seen like gravity and interstellar um i saw interstellar and that's one of my favorite movies I love Interstellar. Like, doesn't even come close to comparing to Interstellar. I mean, obviously different sub apples and oranges, but no, I, not I, they are similar topics because like they they both focus on like it's future space travel right, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, Interstellar is obviously the subject matter is a bit different and a bit more twisted. And yeah, it, uh, is that Christopher Nolan, right? Um, yeah, uh, the soundtrack was great in that one too. So it's it's, it's Interstellar is definitely a different league. But in terms of like sci-fi space movies and stuff, mm-hmm. it's not even close. It just really? it, it didn't do well. It I wasn't I was just, I was very let down. Um, visually stunning, uh, mm-hmm. shot very well. I thought Chris Pratt was okay, but I thought Jennifer Lawrence's character I really disliked a lot. Um, and it just I don't know, underwhelming for the way it for how yeah. much it was marketed, mm-hmm. uh, marketed, marketed, and. Um, for how much like PR they did on it and how much Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt were touring and doing the whole the whole circuit, it just I was let down. Yeah. I didn't compare to La La Land for me. Yeah, I know and I have no interest to watch that in the first place. I don't really like those spacey movies. And I'm not really a big fan of Jennifer Lawrence either. I'm a big fan. Did I tell you I saw Arrival too? No. As, no. With Amy oh, Adams. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a really good movie. That's another one that's like similar to Passengers, like space aliens and stuff, but just it's so much smarter. Their writing is so much better in it. Where <laughs> passengers, the writing is really weak. I thought. I saw this. Um, speaking of passengers, I saw this video of the two of them, Lawrence and Pratt, and they did like this this like BBC thing. It was like, um, playground insults, and they like 
sit right across from each other and they insult each other. Oh wait, I, I think I saw that. That uh, I saw a meme funny. from it today. Did he have one line where he's like, "I don't know what you're worse at, or I don't know what's worse, your acting or your iCloud password or something like that?" Yeah, similar to that. I, I suggest you watch it. It's pretty. It's pretty I'll funny. Have to check that out. Yeah. Some of the insults are funny. Remember when Chris um, Pratt was like a fat, goofy, lovable actor? Yeah, at yeah, the beginning of Parks and Rec. And it's funny because if you watch Parks and Rec, you can see because I'm pretty sure Parks and Rec and Galaxy, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy overlap a little bit. I don't know. Because there's a period where they write him out of the show for like a few months, but he gets like ripped. I, I don't think he ever gets ripped in Parks and Rec, but he definitely gets less pudgy. He gets less fat. He gets like, I guess you could see that. I don't know if it did overlap, but it very well could have. I, yeah. Parks I don't and Rec know. ended like what, 2013 or 2014? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. And Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014, so yeah, it could have been. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, that some of my favorite bloopers are Chris Pratt's Parks oh, and Rec so bloopers. Good. The blooper reels from that show are great, especially with the stuff that Chris Pratt does because he is just so like just off the top of his head, he's so funny. And I've heard like interviews or people say like the writers hated him because they he used to come up with lines that were so much funnier than the lines that he that they would write. Um, so he's just, apparently he's very smart and a very funny guy and just a great actor. Hmm. I liked him better when he was fat. Well, I mean, most people are better when they're fat, like Jonah Hill. Yeah, that's true. I hear he's a kind of a, a douche. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gives out, I might've already mentioned this. Oh, you, yeah, I think he you gives d- out business cards when people meet him and it's like, it says like, he, I met Jonah Hill. It was extremely underwhelming. Or something. <laughs> yeah. That's a douchey thing to do. I don't know. But uh, like, I don't know. I like. I get. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Like, I get that it could be annoying being in the spotlight and having to deal with it all the time and being recognized all the time. But that's also the career that you signed up for. Like, you went to Hollywood expecting to get a big time acting job, but you don't want to deal with the consequences and like the surroundings that come with that job. Yeah, it comes with territory. Exactly. Like you know that. You see it. You see the people who do it. Yet you're choosing to do that, and then you're going to be upset when it happens. Right. You can't have all the uh, positives and not the uh, the negatives. Exactly. So it bothers me when people are like that, especially when they're making so much money and they're doing things, and we're supporting them by going and seeing their movies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the thing, and and it ha- you'll see it sometimes with musicians too, with the way they like treat fans. It's like without the fans, you don't have a career. More so in music because they have to buy your music and come to your concerts. But same yeah. with actors. I mean, if people don't go to the movies or watch your TV shows, it would never happen. But say the public boycotted uh, a particular actor or just TV in general, you wouldn't have that career that you enjoy. I agree. Well, I think movie theaters are going. I don't know if they'll be around for much longer. It's sad. I uh, hey, when you get your icy, <laughs> do they fill it behind the counter? Yeah. I was at a movie theater the other day where if you you asked if you asked for a large, they had the icy machines out by like the soda vending machine. Wow. You just fill it yourself. I've never seen that. Free refills too. I haven't gotten an icy since I was like six. Yeah, me neither. Wow. I'm not a, tri- a child. Yeah. Well, then you guys haven't been living. Well. You know, I think we've been living. We'll probably live a little longer because of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, I think that wraps up what we've been watching and listening to uh, over the past holidays. Oh, I'm at that. Did you guys do anything special over the holidays? I know, Luke, you were home for a little bit, but then you had to travel shortly after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing special. Um, home with the family for Christmas. That was good. And then spent New Year's here in Daytona. Uh, nothing 
too crazy, but uh, it was just nice to nice. have the time off from work. Nice. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, same old. Christmas with the family. Went out for New Year's. It was all right. Nice. Where'd you go? Were you Hoboken for New Year's? Yeah, I went to Biggie's. I don't know. Oh, Clam Shack? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, there's like that, not, it's next to the, that club called Rain. That's oh, where yeah. the oh, Clam Shack, yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah. used to be. They saw the sign there. But Biggie's is known for their seafood, but it was like my brother's friends. They did it last year too. They basically rent out the basement room. So it's oh, cool. Open. It's like all people you, you know. So it's like all my brother's friends. But it was, it was all right because it wasn't like, because like you'll go to those things, it's just like random people. And like, yeah, and you don't know anyone. It stinks. Yeah, so this is pretty good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I was home uh, most of the week. And then, uh, oh, we actually had you guys, have you guys ever done, or have I asked you guys, have you ever heard of Escape the Room? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've never um, done Maggie's it, sister I... got us, Maggie's sister got us uh, an Escape the Room for this past Friday night in Philadelphia. It was a blast. Yeah. We loved it. What was the theme? Um, so the theme was office. Oh. So you like you oh, get into the this office? room, they shut the door. Yeah, you're locked in. There's like two little, they're like half cubicles and desks, and there's like a bookcase and a water, a fishbowl, and like ch- chests and everything. And there's another door that you, that's locked. That you got to get into. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It seems and you only have an hour. You're in there for an hour. It seems cool, but I wouldn't want to do it with strangers. I'd have to be with like only friends or family. So Maggie and yeah. I were paired up with six other guys who were all in one group. Um, and they, they, they happened to be like really, really cool, really nice guys. So it worked out really well. We actually escaped um, only to find out that only 20% of groups end up escaping. Oh, yeah, so uh, we're in that top 20%. But um, I would prefer to do it with like a larger group of people that I know. I think yeah. it'd be more a little more fun, but yeah. it was still a blast. I recommend it. Yeah, I, I was always I curious in that. It's cheap too. It's like twenty twenty nine bucks or something a person. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of odd. Why? I mean, I guess it's fun, but the whole thought of it—like you pay somebody to like uh, challenge your mind, essentially. Like well, I don't know. What do you? You go in, you I lock mean, yourself in a room for an hour, and you try to find your way out, and then you pay them for it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I did this thing in D.C. at the Spy Museum called Operation Spy. Very similar idea. There's like multiple rooms. And you had there's like an objective, and you had to find clues and stuff. It's very similar. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. Um, all right. Yeah. Anyway, let's move into our album review. All Today right. we're reviewing the Avit Brothers. Uh, what is it? True Sadness. Tr- Avit Brothers. True Sadness. There ain't no man can't save me. There ain't no to pay you back when my mind was turning loose and all my thoughts were turning black you shined a light on me fall on me and this is mr morrow's pick so we're gonna let him take it away how do how do they pronounce their name do you know i think it's avid avid oh is it Abbott? is it a vet the Avet Brothers, Avit, Avit. No, it's not a vet. Avis, because there's two T's. Avid. I don't know. Anyways, we'll go with the Avit Brothers. Um, they first That's came right. on. That's wrong. They first came on my radar in 2009, 
they've actually been around since 2000, which I'm sure people who are familiar with them wouldn't even realize. They're from North Carolina. They're like a kind of like an indie folk band, or at least that's how they started. I think they've kind of changed, and we'll talk about this particular al album, True Sadness. It's their latest album, came out over the summer, and I actually just bought it and was interested in uh, listening to it, so that's why I chose it, and also because they're, they're a good band. Um, as I said, I got into them in 2009, and then, Ryan, you actually got me the album I In Love and You is the name of it. I'm not saying that to I you did? for getting me the album. Wow. Um, is it a Valentine's Day gift? You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, I knew some of the songs off of the album beforehand because actually my dad introduced them to me, but then you got you gave me the album, and that was like junior year, so it was a couple years later, and then I listened through the full album, and that's like one of my favorite albums. I love that album. Almost every song on there is enjoyable. Now, since then, this is the third album. Uh, I listened to The Carpenter afterwards. I did not listen to the previous album before this one, so I was curious to jump back in with True Sadness, and it was it was pretty different from I and Love and You, the album I enjoyed so Agreed. much. But uh, but anyways, I was just curious to uh, get your guys' thoughts before before I gave mine. Quick interjection. Yeah, it's Avid. The Avid Brothers. Okay, I've always said Avid. The Avid Brothers. Avid. I just Googled it. Two against one. Just Google, Google it. Google it. Well, good, good um, to know. All right. So let me. So um, I, I agree with you that it's very different from the Alp. So I know the Carpenter, like you were saying, I, I listened to the Carpenter. I believe I listened to Maggie and the Magpie and the Dandelion. Yeah, I've never listened to that one. Um, They have a bunch of albums. I Am Loving You is the first one I've listened to. Um, They have some of their albums are. They have a couple like songs that I really really like. Like I and Loving You is great. Um they have a song called I think it's was it Love and Hate or like Love slash Hate uh which is a really really good song too. Uh they yeah, so their older stuff I really liked cuz it's the old that like indie folk and it's uh it's pretty different. It's kind of like a Mumford and Sons sound, mm -hmm. uh Josh Ritter type sound. And uh I really enjoy it. So was looking forward to listening to this album and i definitely enjoyed this album albeit very it was very different uh from the stuff that i'm used to hearing from them for the most part i would say the whole album isn't but some of them are so it starts off with ain't no man which was more of just drums and electric bass and like vocals a boom boom clap yeah which i've heard in many pop songs <laughs> so i wasn't take i wasn't blown away by that but uh, it got better. It got back into the, that that folk sound as the album went on. But then there was a couple songs that reminded me of more like pop, like poppy songs uh -huh. that I really didn't like. And I'm drawing a blank on which I didn't look at the names of these songs when I was listening to it. Oh, that's I just good. had my phone on. Yeah. Well, do you guys listen when you listen to an album? Do you stare at the album title and look well, at no, the names? I, I, if I'm taking notes, I'll write the name and then. Yeah, so I know what song I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I, I haven't done that. Yeah, the song. one with the drums. Uh, it was very ago. good. Yeah, yeah. the uh, drums were good. Oh, I told you. I knew one. Ain't No Man had the drums and the clap. <laughs> yeah, that's because that was the first uh, song. I had to tell you about the clap. Yeah, that's the one I remember. But overall, I liked the album. Uh, I thought it was, again, some of it touched back to their roots, but it also seemed like a bit of an evolution, which I think is interesting. I think it's good and can be bad when bands evolve a little bit. So... 
I'm not sure I really liked the evolution of some of their songs, but I definitely enjoyed the songs that still touched back to their their where they started in I Am Loving You, that folk, and um, just the guitars and the kick drum, not too much. I think that's actually one of their songs is Kick Drum Heart yeah. on one of their albums. But uh, yeah, overall, I, again, I, I like the album. Thought it was well done, as, aside from just a few songs on it that were a little too poppy for, for me and the Avid Brothers. But yeah, Ryan, what did you think? So I don't know much about them. I, at first, thought they were a band from the 70s. Uh, <laughs> um, Why would you think yeah, that? I was, That's good. I don't know. It just sounds like a 70s band. You're pigeonholing Brothers. me? What? what? You're pigeonholing me? You think I can only no, pick why? bands from the seventies? <laughs> no. Well, I think maybe I thought of that. About, I thought of them as a seventies band. Be- I guess because your first two bands maybe were from the seventies, or your first first two bands. Um, but I, I he's so, basically saying you only pick bands from the seventies. <laughs> no, no. I think just I just had that that had that presence of mind because of his past choices. But I, I uh, so like I said, I didn't really listen to much of their stuff. I was surprised to see that they've only been around. Like I mean, they've been around for 16 years, but since 2000, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to listen to a lot of their other stuff. But from what you guys are saying, it sounds like this album is not indicative to what their earlier stuff was. It's a little different. More yeah, poppy, their earlier stuff is definitely more folk and bluegrass type sound. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked. I agree. It was a little poppy. I liked how there was a you know. I, different collection of instruments used like banjo guitar drums obviously Mm -hmm. violin harmonica i like that um i feel like the lead singer now which is it seth abbott or is is it seth and sam what are the names of the two brothers uh scott and seth scott and seth which one which one's the lead singer do they both sing Uh, i didn't i think they both i think they both do i feel like i drew some parallels to band of horses a little bit just in terms of like the sound of the lead singer, mm. not very strong, but that kind of just thought of that just recently, like okay. ten minutes ago. Um, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I see that comparison, but okay, obviously very different. Yeah, than, but I think just I don't know, it's, it's a little oh, yeah. similar, just okay. just a pinch. Um, I I really I enjoyed a couple of the songs um, that I can identify as my favorites. Um, Smithsonian, uh, "You Are Mine," "Satan Pulls the Strings." course true sadness the title mm-hmm. track so th- those four were probably my four favorite or the core yeah. four as i'd like to say um wh- what i thought was interesting about satan pulls the strings um i got a real country vibe to that one there was like a real like country country beat i don't know if ryan doesn't know the yes. names of any of the songs but oh no because no, i remember <laughs> you described it, was like, it as having it was like country no 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 that was the country one I yeah. remember the country But I, one. it was interesting because it was a country-sounding song, but the lyrics were not country. I was expecting to hear, like, I got a truck and a tailgate yeah, with so a beer. I think that's... And it was... I think it's an interesting were, thing with, with bands like the Avett Brothers and Mumford & Sons is that the, the vocals kind of take it out of that. Like, these guys are from, like, the, the South. Maybe yeah. not, like, South, like... Where, I don't know. I guess they are from the same areas, but they the fact is like they they play the same kind of music and the same sound, 
But it's like the vocals just change everything because they yeah. don't have that accent. They don't sing with that hard southern accent, that southern drawl. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was it, yeah. it was new and interesting. Um, I like it too. And of course, um, yeah, the, I, I really liked how from Satan pulls the strings to True Sadness. I feel like they fade out they with the, right with the drum beat, other. and then they go right. They begin True Sadness with that like drum beat, which I thought was interesting. I like that one um, too. And, and I feel like you don't see that much uh, on albums these days. I uh, speaking of parallels and odd parallels at that may it last being the last song on the album, I knew what this song was called as well. Um, uh, made, really made me think, and this is weird, of uh, Pink Floyd. Something about it. It was like just the music. It was very like spacey kind of music. It wasn't really much like guitars and stuff. It seemed almost like a little psychedelic. Just kind of made me think of Pink Floyd. Which one was that? May It Last. Oh, the last one. The last one, yeah. Um, I'll have to listen to it again and try to... Yeah, I don't know. And then I also really liked Divorce Separation Blues. Hmm. thought that was a good song. But yeah, so uh, Luke, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as both of you with... with particular things that you each said uh much like bailey my my favorite part of the album was like that middle section uh for me i would even throw in i wish i was which is the song after true sadness and so from like songs five through eight was probably my my favorite stretch of the album uh true sadness was my favorite song on the album i like that one a lot and i hate to say it but the way it seems is that I did enjoy Ain't No Man to start the album. I like that. It was, it was uh, kind of different. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I enjoyed that song as well. It was just a different... That was, see, that's the kind of evolution. Like, I, I didn't think that really touched back to where they were, but I think it's a bit of an evolution on where they were, where it wasn't too poppy, but it was still like... I liked that song. Fair enough. And my, uh, like you said, which was my issue with the album, um, was that it, that it sounds like a little too mainstream at this point. Uh, going back to the album that I will judge all of their other work on from 2009, a fantastic album. And you, you look through that uh, set list of that album, so many great songs and just very different from what we heard on this particular, on their latest release. Now they kind of went that way after I and love and you and each of their last three albums have been a little more quote unquote mainstream. And I've always enjoyed the singles that have come off those albums uh, and, and that rings true here as well with the song True Sadness, which I, I do really enjoy and would be a song that I would add to my rotation moving forward. So I like the album. I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't the style that I initially fell in love with for them, if you will. Um, but still good nonetheless because they're a talented band, and I think they're still a unique band where even if it's not that folky sound and they kind of become a little more uh mainstream to use that term again they still with with the singer with with just their voices in particular and it almost it almost reminds me of reggae where like every reggae song doesn't necessarily sound similar but they all have like that same the same like chord progression the same chords that same like rhythm of the guitar right yeah and i feel like for them even when they change their style a little bit they still have that like same guitar sound that i think is unique to this band 
and the vocals as well. And I, I've liked that about them, whether it's folky or like the country style or even popish. It's still unique to me and, and I enjoy them. I agree with that. Um, I definitely agree that it's not. I liked I Am Loving You better, but um, I also I did didn't dislike the album, but I liked it. Um, I liked I've liked their previous stuff better. I think it is a little too mainstream for me as well. But again, I mean they're very talented musicians, like you were saying, and it it you can tell. But I think at the same time, so like they're in a position where, uh, you it's it's hard to not get a little more mainstream. Because wow. of um, wow, just like the way that the music is, so is going, and like you can't you can't not be mainstream. What is Bailey freaking out about? His phone went out. You didn't hear that? No, blaring in my headphones. It's only in the headphones. It won't be anywhere. Uh, <laughs> so I just made a very awkward outburst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it goes again. Yeah, it's just, it's because it comes to my computer. I thought he was freaking out about uh, using Mag- the, Max is calling him. The word I don't know why she's calling. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's hard not to go mainstream. They've been putting out albums in 2002. Yeah, it's their ninth album. So it's kind of tough to uh, stay the course and uh, exactly. not switch things up a little bit even. I mean, you also, like, you have to afford it. Like, you have to be able to make a living too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying they're sellouts, but it was uh, different from their past work or at least early work. I agree. What are your? Yeah, unfortunately, I go ahead. Sorry, no. I, I, unfortunately, I don't know much of their early work, so I wish I wish I had listened to some of their previous albums to kind of compare and contrast. Um, but I, I will. You know. Was it as sad as you were concerned it may be because of its title? Uh, no. I, I think it was it was more upbeat than I expected. Obviously, I assume I didn't assume I didn't, I didn't actually think, think the entire album would be depressing it's just funny the, the name of it but yeah i thought it was there's there some good upbeat tracks so i would say i i think even if it even though it was upbeat i think lyrically it yeah, was still sad was yeah say that. so like like looking at the song titles you have like true sadness is obviously one i wish i was victims of life divorce separation blues right. may it last um no hard feelings it's almost like a Same breakup album. strings yeah. yeah yeah it's almost like a, a breakup album it sounds like just song title wise and like musically you're right it's not like but you know what avid brothers don't really do that sad music they just it's just lyrically they kind of hit it mm. i and love and you is a very sad song but it's not like it's not a melancholy beat really or anything mm. but uh, i, I kind of like that about them yeah, definitely interesting. I actually thought about that on the walk over. The uh, but, yeah. song I Wish I Was, I did like, but it was kind of creepy. Like the lyrics about, he, he was talking about like being uh, being the girl's like sweater. Was that the one? Yeah, that was the one. I, I, it seemed like the guy, like the, he was singing about being a peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah. At one point That's, he said I got that, I, the lyrics, yeah. and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like, yeah, when it gets warm, hang me up and I can watch you get undressed. Like that's kind of weird. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, nice. A little weird. That's the lyric that made me think of that. Yeah, that's like uh, what was that? Wasn't there a song you you referenced? Oh Luke? yeah, some weird video you were mentioning. Yeah, some last video. Time. Oh you yeah, were talking I was about gonna a few, send you guys the links. Episodes ago, I was gonna send you the link so you could watch it. It's so creepy. Benny Mardonis. Yeah, it's like that's basically Prince like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you guys think on a scale of one to ten? What would you give this album? I would say. 
I think I would give it a six. I in love and you, I'd give probably an eight and a wow, half. Wow, that's tough. Yeah, I'd probably give an eight and a half to that other one. So the same as Buble Christmas. No, 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 Buble uh. Christmas. I gave a six on a scale of Christmas songs <laughs> or Christmas albums. For generic albums, I gave Buble. That's gonna be three. your new. That's gonna be your new reference point. Buble Christmas is a six. <laughs> in comparison to other christmas music i know i haven't been very consistent with my rankings but i think i would go six maybe six and a half i did like it though that's a solid ranking all right Uh, i agree i think i think sometimes you guys are a little bit too lenient yeah i know yeah i'd say so i think i'd give this one a five trying to be a little a little more strict Ah. i i I didn't think i did not think it was a bad album but i think i'm like That's not Ryan's what your five says. Too lenient. <laughs> you gave it a six. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd like to listen to I and Loving You. You guys are making it seem like it's pretty good. So, I, so yeah. If we're so I like, can't give this, if I give this like a higher number, I got to even rate that even higher. That's the thing. So if we're looking at this as like, so if we're looking at their whole like discography of like what I know by them and I and Loving You is like the 10 for me for the Avid Brothers, like this right. is, yeah, probably a six. So I would, I would agree with that with Luke's. I, like um, yeah, great. but I think I have to be like I have to think about it as if like would I randomly just listen to it? Maybe not. If it came up, if the songs came up, I would listen to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. As you guys have said for other albums, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to watch to listen to it. But that doesn't mean I I disliked it. I, if it came up on my shuffle, I would most likely not hit next. Yeah, I agree. So. And that's yeah, uh, yeah. That doesn't mean it's a bad album. I would say that for probably the majority of the albums that we've reviewed in these episodes uh, because it has to be a really good album for me to want to go back and, and physically put it on and spend my time to listen to it. If this album or any of the other ones come out in the background, there's still good music that I'll leave on. But to seek out, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's the case with this album, but that's not a bad thing. No, I agree. I wouldn't change the song if one of these came on, I don't think. Hmm. Do you guys think if you were listening to like just randomly, you would recognize this is the Avid Brothers like by their voice? I think so. That's kind of what I was trying to get at before. I think they have that unique sound, and specifically the vocals. Certain bands have that, where you can just hear the singer and know that it's them. Yeah. And I think that's the case with these guys. Yeah, I think I think I may have like in passing heard some of their stuff before. The, the voices sound similar, um, but it wasn't like, oh, hey, that's that. As I listen to more of them, I'm sure they'll become more recognizable. Yeah, I'm sure if you went back and listened to the old songs, you would also recognize them too because they have a couple of popular songs. Agreed. Yeah, they had some good stuff too. There's some really good stuff in their old albums. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, so I think that's it. I think that brings us to a conclusion for the uh, Avett Brothers' new album, True Sadness. It is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Luke, is it on YouTube? Uh, you know what? I don't know because I bought the album. So for once, I didn't have to use YouTube. Wow. Uh, bought the album on iTunes? Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Making steps in the world. Well, All right. Well, uh, maybe it's on YouTube. I'm sure there's some tracks on YouTube if you just want to listen to a couple tracks. But uh, so you heard it. We gave you a couple sixes and a five on it on our very accurate rating scale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go take a listen. If you like the Avid Brothers, if you like Iron Loving You, I think you're going to like the majority of this album um i don't think you'd i think you'll be maybe a little disappointed with what they did or the direction that they went but i think you'll still enjoy it but anyway yeah so that wraps us up for uh this is try podcast number nine actually Woo! and number uh nine. we'll be seeing you next week with my pick 
Uh, don't know what the order yet. Yeah, the order got changed up because of Buble's fantastic Christmas album that Luke gave a six. (laughs) But yeah, so that's it for this week. All right, we'll see you all, uh, and I'll see you next week. Double digits. See ya. right number oh, yeah. 10 next week guys yeah we'll review buble's uh patriotic themed uh album do you, <laughs> do you guys remember your 10th birthday uh i don't know i know nope. i had a bowling birthday party around then the only thing i remember about turning 10 was i was at my grandparents house and my grandfather was like so double digits did you think you'd make it here <laughs> and i was like uh yeah how do you answer that as a 10 year old i don't know Nah, Gramps. I don't think I was gonna make uh, it. Oh, you know, I uh nine was pretty tough. Yeah. That's like uh, I can't imagine what ten holds. Louis C.K. does a joke about how people always ask like how or what his uh, baby is like, and he's like, I don't know, it's a baby. What's your baby like? And he's like, you know, it's been a tough year for her. She got fired from her job, <laughs> bought her first house, and like she's a baby. She does baby things. What there was a what's the other skit he does? Where um, when he's walking down the street and he sees the like the baby in the carriage or something and the mother, oh, I forget what it is, but it's something about like how horrible his mind is and how twisted his mind is. Like, the yeah, first it, thought he it has was like he um, it was like a shorter person that was like dating somebody, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that's what it and was. And he just assumed like it was a kid walking like with their mom or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget that's the right. whole joke, but that was the main premise. What are you saying? I totally forgot to mention it during the episode. I watched the documentary about The Shining called oh. Room 237. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Very interesting. I, I didn't I even know that existed. you guys take a... Yeah, it's, I, I guess it's fairly new, but basically they take scenes from The Shining and, and it's a bunch of like intellectuals that are kind of... Um, they draw analog. parallels to like like society and stuff, right? Yeah, a couple of the big... Uh, it's not a spoiler. It's just like big topics that they talked about were Nazis, the Holocaust... Um, Native Americans and the kind of the the, the genocide of Native Americans um, when you know the the country is being settled. Yeah, and, it's pretty um, interesting. The moon landings. I've heard a lot about that. Do they give? I'd like to check that out. Do they give the true meaning to the uh, the bear man scene or whatever it is? What's the bear man scene? The guy in the bear costume. Oh, that's just Wait. part of his delusion. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh no! They don't even bring that. I forgot about that. They don't even bring that up. That doesn't mean anything though. That's in the book. It's, have but you they, read the book? Yeah, but isn't it slightly no. different in the book? I think so. I think though the bear costume is in it though. It's very a very weird, eerie scene. Um, in the movie or the documentary? Involving a certain uh, sexual acts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very weird. It is. There's. It's weird. The whole book is about. I mean, the book is about the deteriorating mentality, like the. The deterior deteriorating mind of go. of uh, what's his name Jack 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 uh, Torrance yeah so it's like the the book is almost it essentially is written about a guy who's an alcoholic and it's basically like it's about dealing with those demons of being an alcoholic and being an addict and stuff and the hotel is essentially a metaphor for everything that you deal with mm-hmm. and like there is spiritual things happening in the book but it's also a like they're trapped in the mountains, just like he's trapped like with his disease. Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of Stephen King writes a lot about 
addiction and dealing with addiction, and it comes out in a lot of his writing. Didn't he go through he that himself? He had a lot of problems. He was an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah he was an alcoholic, yeah. and he had, like, a drug problem. Yeah. Well, that's what miser- misery is about, is cocaine addiction. Huh. Um, being trapped, like, because misery is about the woman who keeps the guy uh, trapped to write a story because he killed off someone in the final story, and she wants him to rewrite the ending or whatever. Hmm. So she keeps him trapped out in her house. But it's about it essentially parallels his cocaine addiction and how like he can't escape it, and like he has to just keep doing it to to keep from not dying. Yeah, or whatever it interesting. is. Interesting. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I always wanted to read but, the book, The Shining, because uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, me too. Highly recommend it. He's got he wrote a sequel to it too, which is actually pretty good as well. Yeah. What's your sequel called? Uh, Doctor Sleep. Hmm. Just came out not too long yeah. ago, right? Uh. Well, a few years yeah, ago, because yeah. I read it back. Uh, Probably like five. I read it. I think I started years. reading it in college. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think you guys should check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they I do want to check that out. Show you they they play it forwards and backwards at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Some very interesting parallels. Yeah, I have to check it out. Hmm. Um, what are your what are your uh, New Year's resolutions? Oh yeah, uh, ask you. lose some weight. Oh, okay. Again. There you go. Okay. That's what's about your, it. What's yours, Luke? I, I don't think I've ever done a New Year's resolution. Ryan? <laughs> uh, yeah. I've had a, I've been... Uh, Since you're the one that wants to talk about them? I've been a couple over. Um, <laughs> get in better shape. All right. Um, Which go shape? To, go to what? Which shape? Circle? Um, round? Yeah. Uh, rhombus. Yeah. Rhombus. You're oh, one okay. shape. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, too tired of the rectangle. Um, <laughs> go to more live shows, live music. Um, oh, come here every night. I'll play some music for you. <laughs> Pick up a new Boom. hobby. Done. Pick up what? Pick up a new hobby, maybe. I don't know. How about recording a podcast? Uh, Boom. Done. Record record uh, 70 more podcasts. All right. This year? 52 more podcasts. <laughs> All right. That's 50 better. More, 51 more podcasts. Um, yeah, we'll see about we're that. We're going to learn another language, too. Oh, okay. Get, now you're getting Duolingo. carried away. There's the app so, on... No, there's an app on your phone, Duolingo. Right. So we'll we'll keep track throughout the year how close we're keeping to these resolutions. Uh, we're gonna keep track of Bailey's resolutions yeah, throughout we'll, we'll the year. Yeah, I don't have resolutions. any resolutions. Every month, so. we'll check uh, in with my resolution. And I'm just gonna say I lost weight. We'll do a weekly yeah, update. And- we'll uh, we'll weigh Ryan each week, and Bailey will <laughs> tell us all the Every words quarter. he learned in uh, his new language. Have you guys been to movie theaters with seats that recline? Yeah, I feel like we talked about this. I had never been to one until this past break. Yeah, see, that's why you don't like movie theaters, because you haven't been doing it right. No icy. And I didn't no know how much seat. I needed these kind of seats when I go see a movie. Like, I'm surprised you didn't fall recliners, asleep. Recliners. No, I didn't. But like the fact that I could put my feet up, and it was like spacious. Yeah. There were comfortable chairs. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But there was, a, there was like a three-year-old. Someone brought like their three-year-old, four-year-old kid to go see Passengers. That's just and it drove me crazy. Yeah, that's just lazy parenting. The kid was running around, sneezing, coughing, yelling. Like, shut that kid up. Or it's a lazy babysitting. And then, at the beginning of the movie, the lights don't even turn off. Someone had to get up and go outside to find someone wow. to have them turn the lights off. Where'd you see this? It was some movie in Bricktown. She's a brick. Da-da-da-da. Town. <laughs> 